Blog Talk Radio. Convicted killer Jody Arias back in court as a judge considers allowing cameras in the courtroom for the upcoming retrial in her penalty phase. Now, Arias' first trial, as you know, was broadcast live, but the judge denied that this time around, ruling that no footage could be broadcast until after the final verdict. But now some lawyers are hoping to get that changed. Fox 10's Troy Hayden joins us here with details. And Troy, we're talking about First Amendment and the public's right to know. Right? Yeah, a couple of the arguments here, John. Phoenix television stations are saying, look, we're not asking to broadcast this trial live, which some of them did last time around. We just want to be able to show bits and pieces on the evening news, like with any other trial. That's one part of the story today. The other part, the interesting thing, Jody, is now apparently selling online. Jody Arias appeared in court today just briefly, acting as her own attorney for the last time and then officially quitting, giving the case back to her two original attorneys. They argued against letting local television stations broadcast highlights of the trial every evening after court ends for the day. An attorney for the TV stations, including us here at Fox 10, argued that this trial should be treated like any other, where cameras are almost always allowed. And the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office shared this letter exclusively with Fox 10, denying the request of a documentary filmmaker who said Jody gave her an okay for an interview behind bars. The sheriff saying, quote, it's not in the community's best interest to play into her hands and glamorize this inmate, her crime, and her tale of woe. And Jody herself getting a lot of people talking by auctioning off the glasses she wore in the courtroom during her trial. The website being used to auction her artwork has also now listed the glasses, claiming they're authentic, with a beginning bid of $500. The auction closes just before her new trial begins. How would those glasses get out of the jail? She got them out of the jail facility, probably in a legal visit. And so, I mean, they're, she's doing all kinds of things to make money, and I'm sure this is just another one of her little deals. For the first time, we also got a look at Arias' shorter hair. She apparently cut off a portion of it to give to charity. The trial begins two weeks from today. Reporting live, Troy Hayden, Fox 10 News. And good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us here on King Jordan Radio. It is Thursday, September 25th, 2014. Uh, this is King Jordan you're listening to, and tonight we're scheduled to talk to Dwayne Cates. Uh, we will cover uh, Jody Arras, as we just heard. We will cover the Blade Runner Oscar Petroitas himself. We will cover the NFL and all its wounds. Okay, let's bring in uh, criminal defense attorney uh, out of Arizona. You've seen him on HLN. You've seen him on Nancy Grace. You've seen him on Dateline. Uh, you've seen him here on King Jordan Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dwayne Tate. Good evening, Dwayne. How are you? All hail King Jordan. How are you tonight? Okay. Well, uh, you're in, uh, over there in Arizona, as uh, the uh, clip said. Uh, what maybe you know better? Uh, what's the latest with the, uh, the cameras? Uh, are they going to come in or not? In your opinion? Well, there's there's already been a ruling. The, the cameras can come in the courtroom, but they cannot air any video footage until the verdict is in. Uh, they can take still photographs. The judge will let them tweet from the courtroom. So this is going to be the first uh, Twitter trial. Twitter trial. Interesting. And uh, now why would the judge not allow it after uh, 
you know, basically a marathon trial uh, that she did allow. I mean, what, what, what's, what's the argument for her not allowing it? Well, the, well, last time, you know, during the trial, I mean, it, it really became a circus. And this would have been a circus right. on steroids, you know. And so uh, the main argument from the defense team was that, that they were prejudiced because their witnesses didn't want to come testify because, you know, Juan Martinez just chews them up in public and it's not good for their careers. And, you know, they don't want to come testify, you know, on live TV with everything that's going on. You know, and who can blame them? I mean, they got hate mail and death threats and everything else you know, during the regular trial. So I think the judge probably had to do this. And uh, is it Juan Martinez's position? Did he want the cameras in the court? I don't think he cared e either way. I mean, the, you know, the, the motion was brought by, uh, well, actually, the, the motion to keep them out was brought by the defense. And the uh, right. the media had an attorney that basically argued the motion. The state basically took no position, so... Absolutely. Now, in Arizona, you only need one this time, and uh, also she cannot be uh, tried more than twice for this particular uh, penalty phase. Isn't that correct? Yeah, she shouldn't be tried more than once. But the first, you know, the first trial on the death penalty, you got to remember, it was eight to four. Okay, this was after four months of trial, where the prosecution just beat everybody up. Okay. You know, I mean, I don't know how it gets better for the prosecution than it was during the first trial, and all they could get was 8-4. Okay, I don't know how they think they're going to get 12 unanimous this time. I guess they get, you know, when you get a do-over, I guess you can, you know, you can do some things different, but, you know, it, it just doesn't seem to make sense. Uh, i got to agree with you on that one. Now, the, the big news out of this is, uh, I guess she has nothing to lose, but her life. Uh, Jody Harris is representing herself. Uh, what do you make of that? Well, she's not representing herself anymore. She withdrew, and Nermi and oh, really? you know her, her, her. Yeah, her old counsel took over. And you know, and and I, I, I think it's like you know flying an airplane. You know, flying an airplane right. full of people looks like it's really easy if you're watching a pro do it. Okay, but then when you sit yeah. down in the seat, you know, and then you're starting to land, and and you know, and if you crash, everybody dies. You know, it ain't so easy anymore, and I think she got that feeling. You know, it looked it looked like, the, you know, representing yourself looks really easy until you tried doing it. And then, uh, you know, I think she realized she was in over her head and, and turned the reins back over to her attorneys. And uh, back in, like, I think, what, 2008, didn't she also try to represent herself? Uh, yeah, she, she an, yeah, she spent another short stint, uh, you know, trying to represent herself, so... You know, she just she really hasn't gotten along with any attorneys that have been on her case, and uh, you know she's just uh, you know she has, she has her ideas how things uh, how she thinks wants things to go, and uh, you know and and I'm sure she's clashing with her attorneys. What's your take looking at it? Uh, and I know you're in the courtroom of uh, the uh, attorneys representing her, particularly uh, uh, Nermi and uh, Jennifer Wilmot. Well, you know, I, I, I don't think that they hate each other, you know, but I just don't think that, you know, I, just, I don't think Jody, I think Jody probably wanted them to do some things that they didn't do, you know, and, and, and I just think she disagreed with some of the things, you know, and, 
and it's it's always tough when you have a different idea about the case than your than your client has and uh you know and and, and a lot of times it ends up a mess when you you know when when you end up in, like that give me your take on uh judge Sherry Stevens and uh how she handled this uh case uh not the penalty phase but the overall case yeah. where she uh she I've, was found convicted yeah, I've been around Sherry Stevens for many, many years. I was I, I was an intern in a court when she tried a real high profile case against one of the top defense attorneys in town. And uh, you know, and, and that was while I was in law school. You know, she became a judge. I've had cases in front of her. I've got a lot of respect for Sherry Stevens. I I don't know that maybe this didn't get away from her a little bit. Uh you know, I Juan Martinez is always a handful. I think he crossed the line quite a few times and I and and I think I don't still I don't think the court had complete control over what was going on. Well the the fact that he was you know giving autographs and taking uh pictures uh a lot of well, observers from in his Trump. defense that happened once. So it wasn't oh, like okay. every day. But I'm talking about that. things like throwing his pen and you know screaming at people in the courtroom. I mean that's just that's just not you know that's not uh I mean, I I was trained old school for trials, and that's just not. You, know, you just don't scream at people. Yeah. You can raise your voice, yeah, but like, you don't scream at people. Like uh, the doctor that testified. Um, uh, what's his name? It's not. I'm drawing a blank. But uh, the, the uh, doctor that testified for, uh, and then I guess he bought a book, and uh, he yeah. really made that two dollars seem like it was two thousand dollars. That the course, and he turned that into like the case that you know basically he was essentially saying that that doctor uh, was you know had affection for Jody, and he had affection yeah, for and Jody. He, he, and and again, it wasn't. It's not the substance that I have a problem with. It's so much as the style. Okay, I mean you know I think he did you know he did a masterful job of 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 making all the experts not look credible and to you know and that's what you do you try you find re- ways to make the the experts look biased you know and right. you, you find ways to make them not look credible and you know I think he did a very good job and you know, he was you much don't, watched you don't, you don't say oh yeah but you don't you know, scream was, at people and throw yeah, things yeah he did scream and that that poor lady uh uh uh, I think you know who I'm talking about. But yeah, that's, the, not, that's, the domestic violence uh, expert, Leviolette. Right, 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 right. And she refused to come back to testify. Uh, I did see on a previous uh, an interview that later uh, for this penalty phase because of the uh, ongoing threats. So uh, that was far uh, and a lot, but uh, you know, I, I think back to Casey Anthony, and it was I, it was just a couple of years ago that people saying that she was the most hated person in America. Uh, you know, nobody says a word about Casey Anthony. I, I think, uh, uh, in my opinion, I don't think like uh, people have the hate as they do for uh, Jody. First of all, Jody, we know she did it. Uh, uh, Casey, we do, we 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 have an, we have our opinions and we have our ideas, but it was not proven to the highest level uh, in terms of what Casey did or did not do. What do you think? 
Well, I think that Casey Anthony is is just you know, if she could, would give Jody Arias a big hug and a thank you for for uh, for taking yeah. the heat off. You know, I mean, you know, because uh, because Jody's case, you know, was turned into more of a circus than the Casey Anthony case, and uh, everybody kind and of you're told. right. Everybody kind of forgot about Casey Anthony after after the Jody trial. And the thing is, Jody's still going. You know, and I can't believe right. the vitriol online. I mean, people, I, I read a comment th- this morning that somebody said that they should just turn her over to ISIS and let them torture her and dismember her and then behead her. I mean, you know, we live in America. I mean, we're, we're, we're better than that. I mean, we are. I mean, I've, I've talked, you know, during the trial that, that the last thing we want are, are, you know, torches and pitchforks on the court steps. You know, we're better than that. You know, let the court system play out, and the punishment will be what the punishment is. And and killing people for killing people makes no sense. Oh, you're not in favor of the death penalty? So I take that. Well, I'm not. I, I just don't think killing people for killing people makes sense. I mean, the death penalty is three times as expensive, takes longer. You know, just you know, the people are just as likely to die of natural causes in jail that they are to go to the go to the death penalty. Go to the gas chamber, you know, and then they got all the problems with the with the death drugs, you know, with all the legal challenges to that, you know. I mean, millions of dollars are going to be spent on this retrial, and when when they just don't need to be. Oh yeah, it's going to be you know this is going to be expensive, and then there's going to be tens of millions of dollars. I mean, the appeal, just the first appeal on this case, is going to is going to take thousands of man hours. I mean, just to buy the transcript of the tri- of the first trial has got to be twenty oh thirty thousand dollars just to get the transcript, you know, from the from and, that alone. And, and, and and it's going to be and then 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 a, a team of lawyers has to go over it. I mean, one person can't go over it and get an appeal time filed timely, and then when that appeals over, there's going to be another appeal, and when that appeals over, there's another appeal. You know, there's, it's going to go through every level. There may be cases that end up in the Supreme Court 10 years from now off of this case, you know, all but, because it's a death penalty case. Do you think that the uh, media, like, uh, in, well, not anymore, HLN, Fox, uh, NBC, uh, do they help the town make money, i.e. the hotels and, you know, the reporters and, uh, you know, things like that, Um you know, covering that high that high profile case. There was some game. I mean, you know, there was some game. There were tour. My, I mean, my sister flew to uh, from Nebraska so she could go sit one day in the trial. Okay. I mean, so there was some. You know, there was some. You know, tourism gener- You know, generated from this. But I mean, if you if you add up all the reporters all together, you know, I mean, it didn't come close to what they spent on the trial. I mean. I mean, it was a, you know, it's an economic nightmare, you know, for, for pretty and, much everybody uh, involved. <laughs> yeah. With the Casey Anthony thing, people were just so outraged with the verdict that I didn't think that the, the, the next situation with a uh, a young girl and uh, being in that situation was ever going to be found. I think that's like one in every, what, 20 years or so, O.J. Simpson. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't think there's anything that would have got uh, Jody. Uh, I think even the jurors knew that in the back of their head that 
you know, uh, <laughs> this girl's going down. So, well, uh, the, you know, there, Jody Arias' case, her first 30 seconds on the stand were, did you kill Travis Alexander? And she said yes. Okay, okay, that's the yes. difference between the two trials. Okay, you know, and 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 my opinion from the beginning of that trial was that they should have, you know, they they picked self-defense, which is kind of all or nothing, you know, and and they they could have turned that into a second-degree murder trial, or a manslaughter, or a negligent homicide trial, you know, if well, you negligent, just if you, yeah. you know, which which. Which could you know could have been five, four, five, eight, nine, ten years in prison, you know, and and instead, wow. you know, you know they they chose the all or nothing route and self defense. You basically have to almost admit that the that the that you did it, and then you know that, you know, if she'd have kept her mouth shut from the beginning, and they would have just used the evidence that that they discovered, and if she'd just kept her mouth shut, they'd have had a hell of a time convicting her. You really believe that? Really, that's uh, I, interesting. I do. I do. The only the, so, the like, worst the worst evidence, you know, other than her statement was her bloody palm print on the wall. But that doesn't uh, that doesn't prove the, she killed him. That proves that she was there. Right. And those pictures that the I don't know how they found that, but they found right. it. Uh, like right, but that, that was very it was it was in the washing machine. machine. They were lucky. But but think of this. Yeah. Prove beyond a reasonable doubt who took those pictures. Oh, okay. So you were okay. you, you know, There could have been a third counsel. person. There could have been a third person there photographing them naked and doing all that stuff. Okay, who knows? Maybe the killer killed him, found the camera, took the pictures. You can't. You know, you don't so, know who took the pictures. Where was the roommate? So you would have different defense uh, than what was presented. If you were uh, yeah. doing this trial, well, I, I'm talking hypothetically. That's if she didn't make the statements. Once she made the statements, you know, you've either got to go self-defense or you got to or you got to shoot for a for a lesser than first degree murder. And and, yeah, you know, and, I, and, and he basically said, Nermy, this is a uh, this is a manslaughter charge," uh, and, which is interesting. I never heard a lawyer saying that. She's guilty, yes, but not of the serious charges. In essence, if you if you listen to an army, uh, that's what he said. So uh, all right, I, I mean, if she, if she killed if she killed him in a jealous rage, it's at worst second degree murder. Right, right. If she found out okay, he was going uh, to Cancun, and you know, that's second degree murder. And yeah, he got the, pissed off, flew off the handle, grabbed her gun, and shot him. Second degree murder, heat of passion. Okay, there's another high profile, uh, but this is out of the U.S. Uh, it's the uh, Blade Runner. Uh, let I want to let you hear this cut and the listeners, and then I want to talk to you about it on the other side. Okay. I think that uh, the normal procedures that we would have expected in terms of the way in which the judgment was to be delivered and the postponements at sort of cliffhanger level are very unusual. The going of the, the legal teams into the judges' chambers during the giving of the verdict is also unusual. And I think most importantly is the fact that the judges made some findings, particularly in the, of those relating to whether he intended to kill Rivas Dienkamp or not, as quite surprising. The legal community is, is, is quite disquietened at the fact that she's found him effectively not guilty on the charge of murder because he didn't have intention. And the 
legal community, and I'm part of that community, so I speak for myself as well, we're concerned that she seems to have got the legal test for culpable homicide mixed up with the legal test for what we call legal intention or dolus eventualis. So she's found that he was negligent, but the test that she's applied is that she has found effectively that he intended the outcome of his conduct. And if he intended the outcome of his conduct, that constitutes murder. So we're at a, a, a stage in her judgment where it appears that some of the factual findings uh, are going to be challenged and many of us feel that she's made incorrect factual findings and then the application of the law itself seems to have been misunderstood and possibly misapplied. He's going to be convicted of culpable homicide which is always the baseline in this, in this case. There's no minimum or maximum prescribed sentences, it's totally at the discretion of the judge. Um, bearing in mind other circumstances, his disability, loss of reputation, loss of uh, income, there's a very compelling argument uh, and legal precedent as well. It's a very compelling argument that he won't go and serve time in jail. We have a number of precedents where similar high-profile cases involving sports people where they've killed somebody negligently, they've been given a fine, a suspended sentence and no term of imprisonment. So it looks like he's going to get some sort of fine, suspended sentence. The firearm offences, they're, they're relatively minor offences in the overall context um, of the case. Although the ammunition possession charge, in, in theory, on paper, is a serious offence with up to 15 years imprisonment, in practice, for first offences of that nature, one is normally given a fine. So I think, overall, he's looking at a period of imprisonment, suspended, coupled with a monetary fine on all of the counts that he's found guilty of. I don't think that he's going to be found guilty on all of the firearm offences. I think there's at least one that the state didn't prove beyond reasonable doubt, but the other two they did, and most certainly they proved the possession of ammunition charge. This was always going to be a showcase for South Africa. All of us had hoped that there would be a positive impression created out of the entire trial process. And I think we're at a stage now where the positivity is dissipating very quickly. I think there's a lot of uncertainty as to the correctness of the judgment. And I think more importantly is the question that the public are asking about our society's tolerance for crime. We have a problem in this country with violent crime. This sends the wrong message about the way that we deal with violent crime. Okay, that was the uh, firearms lawyer questioning the judge's verdict. And uh, Dwayne Cates, uh, let me get your take on the verdict. I, th I think it was pretty predictable. I mean, you know, he's a national hero. And, and I just right. think that the judge, I just kind of felt that the judge was going to have a real hard time finding him guilty of first-degree murder. But I think that she had to find him guilty of something. And so, you know, right. this was the, you know, this is what I predicted the outcome of the trial would be, you know, even though there's some pretty compelling evidence that, that, you know, he may have killed her, you know, on purpose, you know, it's, it, this was, right. this is what I predicted it would be. And, uh, now the sentencing will take place, uh, uh, next Wednesday, I believe, um, I hear that he could get anything from zero from house arrest to, uh, you know, 15 years. And that's a big difference to contrast in, uh, in, uh, in that charge, uh, 
if it was in America, right? Yeah, and 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 it's similar. I mean, it's it's like cases here where, you know, there's no agreements as to sentencing. The judge can put him in prison or can put him on probation. You know, and 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 if you listen to what the uh, the attorney said in the clip, is that there's legal precedent. There's they can legally legally the judge has to consider the fact of that he's a celebrity. They have to fit. They have to you know they legally have to consider that he's a sports star. They 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 legally have to consider that. He's lost his rep, you know, all the things that it's cost him, his money, his reputation, his, you know, everything that he's that this has cost him already, gets to be taken into consideration when the judge makes the, the the final decision on what the sentence should be, and and I would I would predict that that if he gets any jail time, it won't be very much. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, what was your take of his counsel, uh, Barry Ross? I believe his name is. Um, out there in South Africa. I thought he did a bang-up job. What, what was your take? Yeah, I, I think he did, too. I mean, you know, we're not used to that, to their kind of system, and and it, it really kind of yeah. irritated me watching the prosecutor, you know, the way they could do things. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but you know, I mean, I, I, I thought they did a good job. I thought it was a well-tried case, and I think that, the, you know, I think he got the outcome that, that they probably were all hoping for. And he's only in his 20s. I mean... Let's say he gets a two-year conviction or a two-year sentence, rather. You know, he yeah. still has time to put his life together and uh, make more money. I don't know. I, I know yeah. Nike has dropped him, and yeah. uh, some other sponsors have dropped him. But uh, do you see a turnaround for Mr. Uh, Blade Runner if uh, you know he gets either a house arrest or a pro, you know a probation? Or do you think he can pull his life back together? I think he can pull his life back together, but I don't think he's going to be the loved sports star that he was before. Okay, I think he's kind right. of done with that. I mean, he may he may be able to write a book that you know that where he makes millions of dollars off of. You know, there may be something else he can do to make money off his celebrity, but you know, I think he's 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 pretty much done. And again, if he gets no prison time, there's going to be enough people that are pissed off at him that they're going to do. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there may be civil lawsuits against him and everything else. So, I don't think his I don't think his uh, his journey's over yet. I mean, if you just think uh, use your common sense, it's really hard to grasp that he would not know and not, you know like this that this would be an accident uh, accidental shooting that he really thought that she was the. You know, if you put all the legality away from it, it just doesn't make sense. You know, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. You know, so like, do you believe uh, that something happened uh, more sinister than uh, than what the judge believes? Well, I, you know, I I don't know. I mean, it just seems it just seems really no? strange that you just start firing through a closed door. You know, I mean, it just, you know, not knowing what's going on. But then again, you know, I'm not a man with no legs that was startled in the middle of the night in in South Africa, where apparently crime is pretty heavy. So, you know, I I, I don't know until you until you, you know, until you until you walk a mile in his blades. I don't think you can say. Which aren't very big, but uh, a very big difference contrast from the way they do things and like uh here in the US to South Africa 
take the verdict. I mean, uh, I think she was up there, what, six or seven hours rendering the verdict, where yeah. it's done a six or seven minutes uh, in, in you know, like the U.S. Uh, very yeah. different contrast. What, what was your thoughts of the two? Yeah, I thought, I thought, I mean, I thought it was really different. I mean, she made it with what are called factual basis for her verdicts. Okay, and, and, and they may have to do that for their appeal process. And I'm sure there's an appeal process, you know, that's going to go on. And, and like they said, their legal, their legal people think that there were inconsistencies, that she, she gave the improper justifications for her verdicts. And, and uh, I'm sure they have a, an appellate court uh, system that's going to go through all that. And, and, uh, and you know, you, you don't know, they may, be, they may end up doing this all over again. And if you're his lawyer right now, what are you telling him? Everything's going to be okay? Like, uh, not to expect too much? I mean, keep your positive attitude? I mean, look, you well, got all the most I always tell my clients, I always tell my clients to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. You know, so he's, you know, he's got to prepare to go to prison. But, you know, we're going to fight. You know, they're going to put everything together that they can to try to keep him out of prison. And I think... You know the fact that he has no legs is going to go is going to be a big factor, okay? Because because in prison yeah, I don't know that he's going to be able to have those blades because those could be used as weapons. Right. You know, so he's going to be right. you know it's going to be you know he's going to be he's going to be at a great disadvantage and and uh, and you know and people with disabilities in prison get picked on. That is a fact. Now, uh, the uh, NFL has been taking a lot of heat and uh, well-deserved, but I do want the listeners to know what I'm talking about. So let me play this clip uh, via Ray Rice, and I want to get your take on Ray Rice after this clip. We begin tonight with the unavoidable and simple truth that intentionally or by neglect, the Atlantic County, New Jersey District Attorney's Office, the Baltimore Ravens, the National Football League, and Commissioner Roger Goodell have conducted a cover-up of Ray Rice's brutal assault on his then fiance on February 15th. There is no other conclusion possible. Each body, each leading individual involved came to a judicial conclusion about what had happened to Janae Palmer and what should happen to Ray Rice. And each, through deception or incompetence, misled the public, damaged the efforts of every man and every woman in this country seeking to merely slow down the murderous epidemic of domestic violence and made a mockery of the process by which those who batter those they claim to love are to be brought to justice. And not one of them, not Commissioner Goodell, not NFL Senior Vice President Adolfo Birch, not NFL Chief Counsel Jeff Pash, not Baltimore Team President Richard Cass, not Baltimore General Manager Ozzie Newsom, not Assistant Prosecutor Diane Ruberton of Atlantic County, New Jersey, not Prosecutor Jim McLean, not Superior Court Judge Michael Doino, not Ray Rice himself. No matter what actions were taken today against Rice, nor what might be taken in the future, None of them have any remaining credibility, and each must leave or be expelled from their current positions. And despite the obsession of the moment, it does not truly matter whether they had seen this video before today. The league, the team, the prosecutors either whitewashed Ray Rice's brutal assault without ever having seen this video, or they saw the video and whitewashed Rice's brutal assault anyway. I accuse prosecutors McLean and Ruberton and Judge Donio, even with the full weight of the law behind them, of failing to seek or failing to obtain or failing to act upon that in-elevator video, of failing to put Ray Rice in jail where he belongs. 
The state of New Jersey must immediately begin an inquiry into whether or not the failures of McLean and Rupert and Donio are mere incompetence or if they rose to the level of criminal malfeasance. I accuse President Cass and General Manager Newsom of Baltimore of failing to act internally after the ludicrousness of the Rice two-game suspension should have become apparent even to them. They have had six weeks to add a team suspension to Rice's token league punishment to try to make the scales of justice slightly less out of all balance. They did nothing until they terminated Rice's contract today after all of them failed to get away with it. Mr. Cass and Mr. Newsom put the meaninglessness of their own team's financial and on-field success ahead of the safety and well-being not only of Janae Palmer, but of every woman in this country now threatened by a man who, because of how they covered for Ray Rice, was a little more confident that he can get away with it. I accuse Roger Goodell of conducting a kangaroo court by interviewing Janae Palmer Rice with Ray Rice present in contradiction of all recommended practices when dealing with victims of domestic abuse, thus virtually guaranteeing that whatever testimony she gave them of the events of February 15th, they had the validity of a video made by a hostage with a gun to her head. Putting Janae Palmer Rice in a position to plead for her husband's career, perhaps at the risk of being beaten again if she failed, that Roger Goodell did. Seek and act upon the videotape that should have sent Rice to jail without bail? That he did not do. Commissioner Goodell, as I first said on this program on August 1st, must resign. If he will not do so, NFL owners must fire him and fire Senior Vice President Birch and Chief Counsel Pash. Pash, of all people, should have known better than to put the victim on trial and to acquit without all the evidence. Mr. Goodell's ineptitude has not merely rendered this football season meaningless and irrelevant by contrast. It has not only reduced supporting or watching NFL football to a distasteful, even a disrespectful act, but most importantly, it has comforted the violent and afflicted the victim. Pushed to increase NFL punishment of domestic abusers to roughly one-third that of repeat pot smokers, his decision today to suspend Rice indefinitely after the Ravens had fired him are elements of classic tragedy, wherein the right thing is finally done only after it is too late to matter. Roger Goodell's existence... Who he is, what he has turned the NFL commissioner's office into, is now symbolized by Ray Rice's brutal left hand striking Janae Palmer and striking her again. Mr. Goodell is an enabler of men who beat women. His position within the National Football League is no longer tenable. And I accuse Ray Rice of a brutal and potentially deadly assault, followed not by admission and contrition, but by a pious self-serving, insincere, cynical, devious, manipulative, unapologetic performance to protect his job and his money at the expense of the truth, at the expense of the public, at the expense of the next woman he brutalizes. He has already had his second chance. This new video shows he had already squandered it. Ray Rice must never be allowed back in a National Football League uniform. And lastly, I accuse us, all of us, executives, players, fans, reporters, of failing to draw a line in the sand when one was needed most. Any games played by Baltimore without its executives and the commissioner having been dismissed and without Ray Rice being permanently banned by the National Football League must be fully boycotted by all of us. If not, we become accessories after the fact. Overman via ESPN.com. Dwayne, uh, some harsh words uh, by uh, Mr. Overman. What's your take on what you just heard? Well, it, and they're very harsh words. And you know what? It's easy to beat up on everybody. That's the popular. That's the popular line to take. 
and and it's a bandwagon. Everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. Everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. Where, you know, where were these people when Jason Kidd beat his wife and the Phoenix Sun when he was a Phoenix Sun in Arizona? Nobody cared. Hey, you know, I, I mean, nobody cared. All of a sudden, we you know because of this video, and and it was a violent act. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And and Ray Rice should be severely punished for what he did because it is absolutely wrong. But the problem right. is they're trying to put a one-size-fits-all solution okay, in place where you have a zero tolerance, and that's not going to work. Here's the problem. Right. You're an NFL player. You're dating a girl. okay? You're not beating her. You're treating her right. But you know what? You, you want to break up with her. You know, and I've had this happen. She, you know, she, he, you know, he says, I'm breaking up with you. Sorry, babe. It's over. You know, she takes a glass, breaks it over her head and starts crying. And the next thing she knows, she wins, you know, she gets a million dollar lawsuit. He, you know, or she says, listen, you know, you, you don't break up with me or I'm going to have, you know, I'll, I'll take you down. And, you know, you just can't right. do it. It happens. It happens every day. And I'm going to say something that may not be really popular, but you know what? I had, a, I, I've done, I did family law. And I've done criminal law for 18 years. I've handled right. hundreds and hundreds of domestic violence cases. Okay, 90 percent right. of them, 90 percent of them, are husband and wife are drinking. They get in a fight. Somebody throws a plate. The cops are called. Somebody goes to jail. Okay, that's 90 percent of them. They get labeled as domestic violence cases. Okay, where nobody was struck, nobody was pushed. And everybody was drunk. I'll guarantee you Ray Rice was drunk. You know what? What what they have more than a domestic violence problem is an alcohol problem. You take the alcohol out of the situation and ninety percent, ninety percent of domestic violence cases don't 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 happen. There there are ten percent of guys that are just evil. I mean really evil. I watched an interview with a guy once that said, Listen, here's what I do. On the second date, I beat the shit out of him. If they if they stay if if they leave me so what if they stay with me I own them forever. Those are the bad guys. Wow. Those are the guys you lock up. Okay, but the guy but but these people that are that that are you know I I classify it as drunk and stupid. You know you send them to counseling you get them some help for the alcohol problem and the, and the domestic violence goes away. Right, right. No, that's an excellent point, and I think if you have it in you, and we did speak a little bit about your past, but I I firmly believe you're a, you're a mean person. You're a mean person. The alcohol will maybe let it, let you come out. If you're a sweetheart inside, I be, I don't believe that alcohol will make you a violent person, in my opinion. So. As far as that is concerned, although I've seen it, I've seen really good, really good guys, really good men and women. Okay, and you know, right. and and there's also this myth that it's that it's never okay to hit a woman. I saw a video the other day of a guy sitting on a subway train, and this tweaker freaks out, jumps up, and just starts punching and kicking this guy in the face. He's got nowhere to go. He's on a subway car. He he jumps back and punches her one time and knocks her out. Let me ask you, is is it okay to hit a woman then? No. And here in New York, if you call most of the time, the story is that, you know, the guy was the guy called from, you know, to get away from the girl, and uh, they wind up taking the guy. 
You know, right, but, but again, is it okay? Is it okay if somebody's beating the shit out of you, kicking you, and you got nowhere to go? You can't defend yourself. Right. Absolutely, no, you can't. There, there's a there's a line. I've had cases where 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 you know significant others were attacking the person with a knife. Okay, wow. I mean, you know, what do you do? You you just okay, just go ahead and stab me. No, you know, you defend yourself. It's it's it it, right. it in you know. Oh no! What's my and, option? And also, in eighty or ninety percent of the cases, it's mutual combat, which which isn't right. right. You, you know, I've never hit a woman in my life, and I've had one hit me. You know, but uh, there right. was an, there was an out. There was a way I could walk away, and that's where the alcohol comes in. If that situation gets like that, you know, people don't make smart decisions, like turning and walking away. And it's 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 and 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 I agree. There's an epidemic. But the epidemic is drugs and alcohol, and you, and you you, oh, no. you fix that problem. You know, it, eighty. I, I do criminal defense law. Eighty percent of the cases that I do, eighty percent, the crimes were a direct, either a direct or indirect result of drugs or alcohol. Either they're drug cases or somebody was drunk and did something stupid. Okay, I mean so, that, that's eighty. That's eighty percent right? of my cases. Now, as a lawyer, let me ask, I think it might be legal over there. Uh, a lot of people generally feel that marijuana should be 100% legal. Your take? Well, you know, I I don't take a position either way. I mean, I, mean, I really right. don't. I'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. Okay, I, mean, I just celebrated 24 years of sobriety. Okay? Oh, and so I think that I think that you can develop a problem with marijuana. Just like you can develop a problem with any drug, you know, alcohol is legal and it causes lots of problems. Okay, well, you and know so I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't. It, there are some people that can smoke weed and just be and, and it won't affect their life and things would be great. And there's a certain amount of people that 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 they smoke weed and it's going to negatively affect their life. And so you know, it's uh, you know, it's one of those deals. Let's see what let's see what happens in in Colorado in five years. But you would agree, like, let's just say alcohol or pills or uh, Oxycontin and things like that, you know, you, you, you stay away from it from a couple of days, from what I hear. Uh, you start to shake. You start to do crazy things that you might not want to do. Uh, and you you smoke some joints or whatever, uh, two, three days in a row. Um, you might crave it psychologically, but you're definitely not going to go through Physical withdrawal. No, you, you don't have physical. Right, you don't have physical withdrawals from marijuana. You know, you just don't. And so, you know, but you know, so that's huge from this standpoint. But, well, it, I would it's think. huge. It's huge, and it's not huge if 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 you can't not get high. You know, based on whether it's physical or or mental, you can't. You cannot get high. I mean, if you put getting high in front of going to work, if you put getting high in front of taking care of your kids. If you put getting high in front of studying for your school, okay, it's just as bad as if it had a physical component. Well, you know, that goes back to the marijuana debate. You know, I guess uh, I see your point, but there's a lot of people, though, that would say that the marijuana could trigger other uh, drugs uh, that maybe well, that you would want to stay away from. Yeah, it can be considered a gateway drug, and there, and there's research that that says that it is you know but i think if it's legal that changes a little bit because 
the reason it's a gateway drug is once you start smoking illegal marijuana, you become part of the illegal drug culture. And in that illegal drug culture, there are other drugs that you can purchase and try and everything else is kind of comes along with it. So I think that's why it is, you know, and, and you know, that one way or the other. Illegal? What? I mean, that, that's killing people, Xanax and these painkillers that, that these doctors well, are writing. Oxy's, Oxy's worst, one of the worst things ever. I've got a client right now that was an upstanding businessman, oh. great guy. He had a neck surgery, and the doctor prescribed him the oxycodone, and uh, and right. he uh, and he started taking that. He ended up getting addicted to it. The doctor took him off it, so he started buying it on the streets, but it was too expensive, so he switched to heroin. And he right now has oh five God. open felony cases with 46 oh counts God. of various crimes. Okay, that all happened oh in a five-week period. And all that criminal activity happened in a five-week period. He's going to prison. And it's all because he, a doctor oh didn't, didn't treat him right. Right. A doctor should have presence of mind to know if the patient's there you know, for a doctor feel good or if he's there to get help legitimately. You know, doctors should really take a look this day and age. Uh, you would, you well, would agree, right? And, and they and they don't. I mean, I know people, you know, in recovery that, you know, I, like when I go to the doctor, I tell them, I'm in recovery, don't give me anything, you know, you know that, that, that's, that's addictive or it's going to have a problem. You know, and I know people that have told doctors that and they say, okay, here's 60 Percocet. You know, and it's like, really? what part of this don't you understand? Well, just take it. It's amazing. It's like, it's a, it's a big business, essentially. You know, the doctors, they they take a hundred bucks or whatever it is. And I'm sure they, they give the client whatever they need and they get them hooked on, you know, opiates or Xanax or, you know, all those, those terrible things. Yeah. You know, it 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 really needs to be uh, clamped down more. I think, uh, especially, you know, I've personally seen friends go down because of uh, pills and pills only, yeah. and uh, it's uh, it's a terrible thing. And uh, I'm glad the NFL, uh, which we're on topic of, is is taking this uh, methamphetamines uh, serious, and uh, they're doing testing now for the first time. Like uh, Major League Baseball is very strict. Uh, uh, of course, tonight Derek Jeter is playing his last game, uh, so I just want to yeah. give him props on the air. <laughs> I'm sure you know who Derek yeah. Jeter is, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. Absolutely. But here's okay, something about the uh, NFL that bothers me: is that is that you know yeah. it is you know they take these guys and they basically search out the most aggressive, the most violent people they can find. And they train right. them to be extremely strong and then and extremely violent. And then everybody acts sh- shocked when they act violently. That's a very good I mean, point. I mean, really. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, they're rewarded their whole lives for being, for being, being violent and aggressive. Okay. And, you know, uh, and, and they're, they're yeah. 25, 22 years old. And somehow they got to draw a line. Oh, no question. The guy, guy, there's all kinds of people with the head problems, and the uh, junior sailor from the San Diego Chargers uh, committed suicide. Uh, 
at maybe 40, 42, something like that. That's horrible. Yep. I mean, it's like you know what? In the wrestling. But, but, but you know what, King Jordan? I'm going to turn the games on on Sunday and watch the games. I bet you will. You know that's the uh, uh, they were. You know Bob Costas was talking about this on a show, and he they asked uh, that well, this recent stuff with the NFL is have a twenty to thirty year problem, i.e. boxing, uh, how it was and now how it is. And uh, he said no. Uh, people are going to tune in. Just what you said. Uh, every Sunday, uh, you know, in your case, it's the Lowly Cardinals. But nevertheless, uh, you're the Lowly Cardinals. We're three and zero, baby. We're top of the NFC West. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, from, they you know, from the there. same conference with the Super Bowl champions. I, you know, I was rooting for them back in '09 uh, when they had uh, Kurt Warner there, and, and, uh, and they came close to, to beating uh, Pittsburgh. But I totally agree with you. Uh, NFL is probably the most uh, money-made sport. Uh, it's, it's very uh, there's not that many games, so each game is important. Unlike baseball, where you have to watch 180 games or whatever it is. So uh, and, and basketball, which is 82 games. So the thing is with, with Football, every game is to be taken very serious. And uh, like you said, every Sunday, <laughs> Monday. Well, you know, Thursday, and I just don't see people stopping watching. I mean, I grew up in a small town in Wyoming. And, you know, right. Friday night, the entire town goes to the football game. I mean, we, we had right, right. we had, we had a high school with 335 students. And we had 70 wow. kids out for football. Wow, you know uh, that's that's huge. You know, I mean, that's just that's yeah. just the way it is. I mean, there's well, in Wyoming, there's no professional sports. There's the Wyoming Cowboys right. football, and so the everybody lives, eats, sleeps, and dies with with high school sports. And it's a uh, big deal. Yeah, I mean, and everybody watches. You know, Wyoming, everybody watches the Broncos. Did you follow that case where the the the, the teenage boys uh, raped that girl? I think it was in Cleveland, Ohio, about a year ago. Or so uh, I think one's out and one's doing two years. It was on Dateline. It was a big story about a year ago. Do you remember? I don't that recall one? it off the top of my head. I don't. Okay, that was a rape case yeah, with a black and a white dude, and uh, they uh, physically. Uh, yeah, it got coverage briefly, but there was just so much Jody going on that it was hard to tell uh, one from the other if you aren't watching uh, Jody. And it's very interesting now that they they were just showing before we get to the, the final thing, uh, the uh, retrial of Michael Dunn. I mean, this guy is basically going to spend his life in prison, and I guess the only positive thing for him is that he gets to leave the jail cell for a couple hours a day. I mean, is this just a show of power? For Angela Corey, I mean, do they really need to do this? In your opinion, they don't. You know, and 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 a lot of this is is uh, vengeance. It's not justice. I mean, that's what's going on with Jody. It's vengeance, not justice. Okay. Agreed. I mean, right, she's yeah. gonna, you know, she's gonna be locked away forever, and so's done. You know, but but you know, but they're seeking vengeance. They want blood. You know, and to me, right. I just think, you know, you know, you judge a society about how they treat the worst people in the society. 
how you treat the lowly right. low of the lowly low. And that's how you judge right. a society. And, you know, when you look at the, the haters of Jody Arias and what they're calling for, I mean, it just it just it makes me worried for our society. I mean, you oh know. Oh, my God. Hey, yeah, it's, uh, it, look, nobody can defend what she did, but you're right. Right, absolutely. So what, you would think she was a monster from hell. I mean, granted, what yeah. she did, like I said, is no, there's no defending it. But what they want to do is, like, she's been lauded or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, and that's part of the media, too, in my opinion. They, they definitely sensationalize it um, yeah. to a point where, like, if, if this was some other girl, not named Jody Harris, you would think, like, yeah. we would even be talking about it in the first place. No, that's we wouldn't. Of, we wouldn't. You know, okay, but I mean, yeah, Adrian, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, uh, Adrian Peterson, the uh, final topic I want to talk to you about, but uh, let me uh, let the listeners hear what's going on with Adrian Peterson, and uh, I want to get your take on the other side. What new information has come out that you have gathered, Jay? All right, well, now that Adrian Peterson has been indicted, uh, he's going to have to turn himself into authorities. I'm here in the barrel, making arrangements to get him uh, down there to Texas to turn himself in. Uh, you know, here's the other thing also. I now have the timeline of how this went down. And Adrian originally, on August 21st, testified in front of the grand jury. Uh, the grand jury then, uh, two weeks later on September 4th, which was just last week, uh, decided not to bill, which means it decided not to bring an indictment. One week later, they now bring... The indictment now, again, one will have to wonder, wonder whether or not uh, it's because of all the attention with the Ray Rice situation uh, or what has changed. But, again, they have these awful pictures that you've seen mm-hmm. in the original grand jury. They, they had all the information. They didn't indict. Now, uh, you know, a week after they decide not to indict, they decide to bring this indictment down. Hey, Jay, real quickly, uh, I know that teams usually have like a couple of hours to announce uh, what team, what players are going to be activated for that weekend's game. Since he's been deactivated now, can they change their mind? Help us out with those rules there. Is he not going to play? He's ruled out completely? Yeah. Okay. You, you, can, you can, obviously. You don't have to, put, you don't have to hand your DX in until uh, an hour and a half before the game, but it doesn't matter. He's not going to end up playing this week again. They're trying to now make arrangements so he can turn himself in. Um, I believe they, they put a warrant out of what happened, and you have to turn yourself in. So I, I will say this. I have spoken to Viking players. They had absolutely no idea this was coming down the pipe. No. Again, they knew that he left a few weeks ago for personal reasons, poor situation. Everybody there thought it was cleared. And then this came down today. Uh, when I originally posted the story, I got hit up, hit up by a couple of Vikings players who had zero clue this was coming down. Well, uh, Dwayne, you know, a lot of people say that, look, this happened back in the South, and this is how he was raised. But then there are people that said, look, it's 2014. You don't take a, a switchboard and hit that with a four-year-old who's indefensible. Uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts about the, the whole Adrian Peterson situation? You know, the whole thing with the whole thing with corporal punishment, I mean, I think it's left to the parents. I mean, you should never injure your child. Okay. You know, in any event, whether you use corporal punishment or you don't use corporal punishment, I mean, injuring your child. But, I mean, growing up, I I mean, myself and I know kids that, that, you know, not only did we get hit with the switch, but we never got, you know, we never broke the skin or anything like that happened in this case. We got whooped with the switch, but we had to go cut our own, you know. I mean, you know, and, and that was more, that was most of the punishment was the anticipation rather than the actual 
thing that happened, you know. But, you know, I mean, right. you know, right, wrong, indifferent. I mean, you shouldn't injure your child. You injure your child, you got it, you know, you got an issue. So, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and they're going to charge him. But, you know, I've had cases where my clients were charged with child abuse where it just, you know, right. I mean, I, I had a case where a, a 12-year-old girl was really, really drunk. And she was climbing on an right. ATV to drive off, and her mom ran up and grabbed her by the hair as she was driving off and pulled her off the ATV. Mom got called, charged with felony child abuse, you know. And what she wow. did was probably save the kid's life from driving off drunk on an ATV. Right, right. You know, wow. so I mean, sometimes wow. they can go uh, overboard with this stuff. And, and, you know, there's just, there's, you know... There's just such a fine line. And, you know, parenting, you know, I leave it up to the parents. You know, I got my share of weapons when I was growing up. I deserved every one of them. And uh, and I definitely wasn't scarred for life. You know, I turned out semi-okay. Some people say. <laughs> yeah, but uh, full disclosure by uh, Mr. Peterson, I mean, he basically didn't even mount the defense, went without a lawyer, it seems like, and just told everything, look, this is how it was done to me uh, years back, and I stand by what I did. Is that a smart thing to do, or should you just, you know, hire the uh, Rusty Harden right away and have him talk? I mean, it sounds yeah, like it's never smart, never a smart thing to do. You know the uh, right. You know, everybody has the right to remain silent. Very few people have the ability. <laughs> yes. Uh, and very true here in the New York uh, area, I might add, but that's another story for another day. But, uh, Dwayne, I want to thank you. You gave me a great show tonight, and uh, we always look forward to having you, and uh, thank you so much. Uh, we hope to have you again. I do got to, I do got to say, go Sun Devils. They play, they play uh, UCLA in about 10 minutes. Sun Devils? Go okay. Sun Devils. Uh, are you, On are Fox you, Sports are you, 1. There in uh, Arizona, do you follow yep. the uh, Cardinals? Do you uh, yep. the Arizona? Oh yeah, I'm a Cardinal fan the... and an ASU fan. What about the Phoenix Suns over there? Do you oh yeah, that one? definitely a Phoenix Suns fan also. So have you been there? Uh, uh, like when they went to the championship back in '93, '94. I was. I was at the game when uh, the when they lost in Game Six to the Bulls. Oh, really? That was a dramatic yeah, game there. for either side. But I was also, but that? I was also, I was also there for Game Six and Seven when we beat the Yankees and won the World Series. Uh, you don't have to bring that one up. <laughs> really, you were at that game. Wow! I, I mean, they were, they were they were out of it. Yeah, it was my you know, son's birthday, and in, in, in Game Seven, it was my son's birthday. They went ahead, right. and I explained to him. I said, "Hey, Mariana Rivera's coming in. Game's pretty much over. We, you know, we fought hard, right. but it's over now. And you then, know. you know, we won, and it was a great. We went home, and my son looked at me, and he goes, "Hey, can we go to Game Seven of the World Series next year too?" <laughs> I said, "I'd love to." <laughs> Only the kids in the uh, the nineties yeah. would uh, know that. Yeah, he was seven about years old. Years. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah, year, seven but, years uh, old. So. Hopefully, they look better. Uh, the Cardinals, uh, Arizona, uh, the baseball yeah. team, the Diamondbacks. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, they're, uh, do you have yeah, a they're not playing good right yeah. now. 
Do you have a prediction that it was going to be in the World Series? I don't. I quit. I quit paying attention when the Diamondbacks dropped out of it. So. I'll tell you that much of a Diamondback fan. Interesting. But I am, and then the, uh, but the Cardinals are going to go to the Super Bowl. So. The Cardinals are going to go to the Super Bowl and play who? Yep. Uh, and, and don't care. <laughs> what was the last time when uh, they, they actually? Well, it was 2009, I guess. I answered my own question. Yeah. I guess you well, they had, they had, you know, they won ten, they won ten games last year and didn't make the playoffs. Well, yeah, that's right. that's that's right. Because we were in that, we were in the NFC West, West, which was brutal. Uh, Carson Palmer coming aboard. You like that signing? Uh, uh, I don't know. He's he's hurt now, and our backups winning games. So that's all that matters. That's all that matters. But, that's all that matters. Uh, it was a pleasure having you. We'll, we'll add sports to the uh, conversation next time as well. Uh, but good luck to the right. Arizona teams and have a great weekend. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate thanks for having on. me on. Okay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here on the King Jordan Radio Show. We will be back uh, next week, uh, Tuesday night with WWE Talk. And uh, we will have also, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will have, I am trying to have at least, the Mighty Quinn. And, uh, well, it's not this week, and the week after, Joey Jackson. But if you stay tuned, maybe, uh, maybe I might have Tom Mezzaro on. Stay tuned to the King Jordan Radio Show by uh, following us on Twitter, uh, at Mr. King Jordan. Um Facebook me at Facebook forward uh, Facebook dot com forward slash King Jordan um, Radio. Also, you want to check out some of the great King Jordan Radio uh, shows? Well, I have a wonderful partner in Luna Joe sixty seven uh, that has a lot of uh, material from the shows. And I urge you, uh, as I always said, she makes it into a movie. So uh, what you will get is <laughs> you feel like you're watching uh, me and Dwayne, for example. Uh, uh, the OJ special we had uh, is up there, OJ20. Her username is LunaJoe67. And uh, I just hope you please support that one. Please support the uh, Facebooks and the uh, and the Twitter and uh, look. I want to thank everybody uh, for uh, staying with us as uh, we're getting close to going on year number three uh, here on King Jordan Radio. So remember, Tuesday is uh, WWE talk and uh, possibly with Brian Shields. We will see, and then I will announce. Uh, via Facebook or on Tuesday, who the remaining guests will be. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to uh, King Jordan Radio. Take care, everybody.